views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on today. Um, Yeah, we've got a fun, fun show for you today. But, you know, this is kind of in an area for me that I've been so fascinated by. Uh, When I think about my life and I think about, you know, how drawn I have been to symbols and symbolism and mythology, um, you know, I think about what I've learned, what things have meant to me over time, and why I've been so drawn to these things. You know, today we have somebody that's going to talk about this and more. But before we do, before I get into it, hello, Mr. Beanie. Hey, Pat, how you doing? We're going to talk about Odin today. Odin? What is Odin? That's what we're going to talk about. Okay, well, that's why I'm here then. Ecstasy runes and Norse magic. Aha! Yeah. I think for many of us that live in the pop culture world, at least if you put your little toe in there, uh, you know, how did we learn about some of this in our pop culture? Well, you're going to have to blame it on Thor. That's a start. Uh, But that's not what this is about today. Diana Paxson joining me here today, author of Odin, and she's a writer, priestess teacher who has been studying and teaching Germanic mythology for and religion for nearly 30 years. You know, she is the author of several books, but most importantly, you know, she is here today to share not not just about what she's learned, but what are some of the insights? You know, what are some of the things that really have us look at spirituality, religion, have us look at what some of the pagan practices, principles, and beliefs were? But all of that is part of who we are, what we've learned, how we've come to be the people we are today. And what is it about this new covenant we have now with the new form of goddess that is showing up in our culture and the cultures across the world? What is it about that energy? So, you know, today uh, we get to talk with her about her passion, her purpose, and her life's dedication and journey. Because for many of us, we get a sense of things. For the rest of us, we have a sense of wanting to learn more about those things. And you are the best audience in the world. And so from that perspective, it's absolutely phenomenal to be able to present 
Diana and her work to all of you. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, So, you know, we are in a time right now in our pop culture, and I'll I'll just keep it to our country here for a moment, but it's not just our country, where when we think about figures that are out now uh, and being talked about, even if we have sensationalized them without knowing very much about them, people have a sense and a fascination with this, these levels of, of ec- magic, of ancient runes, of things that pretty much people didn't care about. Now, whether you're looking at it because you've gone to the movies and you've watched some of these movies, or you've now become fascinated, I want to ask you, what is it that you sense the draw is from, from humanity right now to learn more and more and more about things that have been your life purpose? Well, it's a very confusing world right now. <laughs> uh, and I think part of the problem may be uh, just the wealth of information. Uh, in the old days, people lived in a community and their opportunities were whatever the community had. And they didn't need to think about what is my life purpose because it was pretty obvious. But uh, with the, the in, in, information supermarket that we have, uh, especially with the Internet, you can encounter all sorts of things. And so I think part of it is just choices. Let's talk about this book, uh, Odin. Uh, what is it that many people have heard the name, familiar with the name, but represents Norse mythology, right? The greatest of the gods, you know, the god of words, the god of wisdoms, right? Of magic, of uh, some transformation, right? Transformation at the highest level of transformation of consciousness. Um, And so it's not a surprise to me that there's an energy about this that people are drawn to, but we know very little about it, don't we? Well, it's not for his lack of trying. (laughs) 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 He's been around. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, it's because he is the god of of communication Mm. and even more uh, the god of of mind, of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I, I have come to understand him as uh, a power of emerging and evolving consciousness. And therefore, with all of the changes in the way we see the world and understand the world, uh, I see Odin's work in each of those developments. So when, in, when Christianity took over and they were no longer uh, worshiping the old gods, uh, in Scandinavia, the, the uh, old lore was still the basis for the literature, and uh, they never really lost a, a awareness of the mythology up there. But I, what I think is that uh, Odin went wandering and went underground. And so every time there was a, a consciousness shift, a paradigm shift, uh, you could call him the god of paradigm shift, 
because I can see him um, hanging out with uh, the people who were beginning science in developing the scientific method, because that is a new way of using your mind, a new way of understanding the world. And uh, so at a, a less specific and personal level, that is a very Odinic energy. You know, is it a surprise that we have sensationalized this energy through our pop culture? Um, I mean, I referenced Thor, which is, uh, uh, you know, a, a god that quite a few people are familiar with. But the whole presentation of Thor, that energy, it, it just screamed through our pop culture here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, Loki. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Not to mention what it did for those two actors career, right? Uh, careers. <laughs> Um, and that is one way, you know, that is one way for Odin, right, to bring uh-huh. the message forward, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, in, in um, the 19th century, Wagner uh, hit on using Germanic mythology. And mm-hmm. Wagner's yeah. opera, The Ring Cycle, uh, was a- another development in the evolution of the concept of Odin. And it, and it has persisted even though it was through the two world wars when anything German was extremely unpopular, but the ring eventually came back. Now now we've got uh, Thor. That's probably the, the major one. But of course we also have American gods and Vikings, which are bringing Odin back to the popular consciousness. But the most recent Thor movie was really interesting. Um, I'm going to do a spoiler, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, just stop your Oh, ears. let's do a little spoiler. <laughs> Come on. So, in, in the, the current Thor movie, Odin discorporates, essentially. And he, uh, in a way, becomes more what we think of as a god than he was when he was just a, a superpower living in outer space. And when uh, Thor calls on him in, in, towards the end of the film, uh, after Thor has, among other things, uh, had some problem with his eye, which makes him start looking a lot like Odin, mm. uh, Odin speaks to him in the way that, that we think of the gods speaking to us. Mm. Uh, so Thor is becoming more Odinic uh, in, in many ways, and I mean, he even uses Odin's spear at one point, mm-hmm. uh, and and Odin is interacting with Thor in in a way that we think of it, the gods interacting with us. So I'm really curious to see where this is going to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody thought Odin was ga- down and out, down and out, but <laughs> no. Um, and there is an energy of that that you bring forth in the book as well you know, that really taps in to this, um, I want to say, this very, very diverse, multi-sensitive, multi-dimensional energy and God, right? You know, whether it's looking at the writer of the tree, whether it's like, it it doesn't, there are so many aspects of this. So when you say you're interested in looking at what direction, you know, this could go, 
there are a lot of probabilities here. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about the book when we come back from break and the relevancy of your message, this book, in the world we live in today. You know, what is it about this sense of looking at ecstasy runes and Norse magic? What is it about this? What is it about Odin that is now so absolutely relevant in the energy of the world today? And what are, what are the possible solutions to understanding this energy and doing something about it? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Integrate spirituality into your everyday lives on Universe Soul Heart Radio. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Kathleen Johnson explores the concept of sensible spirituality, keeping you grounded, connected, and centered on the path to wholeness. Kathleen has dedicated her life to facilitating holistic healing and wholeness in others. Listen to Universe Soul Heart Radio and learn how to flourish, grow, and impact all we do on planet Earth. For more information, go to universesoulheart.net. Now you can be a part of one of the most powerful programs to help create a more joyful, loving, abundant, and peaceful world. Every day at 12 noon in any time zone, join millions of other people around the world to spend a few minutes in joy, love, and gratitude. Brought to you by Robert Schoenfeld, host of the Art of Powerful Living Radio. Together, we can raise the vibration of the planet. For more information, visit globalmomentofjoy.com. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Hey, did you know why they call the foundation the foundation? It's called the foundation because it completely eliminates your foundation for what you thought your reality was and creates a whole new space where you can have an entirely new reality that is foundation-less. So from my point of view, they should call it the unfoundation or the foundationlessness. Either way, there's a big new global rewrite happening again because these guys cannot stop changing. There should be like a change anonymous that Gary and Dane go to. And it's happening April 28th to May 1st. You can find out about it at accessconsciousness.com forward slash global foundation. It's happening in Paris. Go to Paris or do it online or find a pod near you. These are all the options you have. And what else is possible? 
Wow, everyone. Oh, my gosh. I wish you all could have been listening to Diana during the break, and you're going to hear a little bit of it as well. Um, uh, but before we get there, uh, we are going to be giving away two copies of the book, Odin. But before we do, um, uh, Diana, how can people find out more about you? What's the best way for them to get copies of the book? Uh, well, to start with the book, um, actually, I think what my publishers would probably prefer would be for you to either go down to your local bookstore and say, where's the book? Haven't you yeah. ordered it yet? You must order it immediately. Yeah, that's yeah. Probably, that's the absolute best way. But you can also go to the Red Wheel Wiser uh, website and... Uh, Actually, the first thing you see will be their current list, and if you click on um, on the book on that screen, uh, it will get you to uh, put this in your shopping cart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really awesome. Uh, awesome. Amazon and, and the usual, but you know, go, go closer to the stores first and help our brick and mortar bookstores. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, so, for those of you too, um, this is really the time where I'd love to give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. Now, how about you, Diana? How can folks find out more about you? My website is diana-paxson, which is P-A-X-S-O-N dot org. And, uh, that will get you to my homepage. And from there, uh, you can, um, uh, I probably should post a bit more about this book, but Mm -hmm. uh, it has everything from, uh, it has sections about all of my activities. Yeah. And also a complete, well, I think it's complete, uh, list of everything that I've published. Oh, yeah. It's so fascinating, too, because, you know, during the break, you know, we were talking about, you know, the question that I had asked about, you know, uh, this book, the ener- I call it the energy of Odin, um, how it manifests in the world we live in today. And my reference in the in, in when we were talking before had to do with our pop culture. You know, who knew that a movie like Thor would come out like I don't know how many years ago and all of a sudden evolve because the movie evolved. And it evolves into this very powerful, almost metaphoric uh, dialogue on war and worlds and heroes. And, of course, that's followed up with uh, a movie like Wonder Woman and so forth. But these these mythical characters, right, are being brought forth in our culture today and are really seen as... Uh, symbols of hope. And I wanted to talk with you about the writing of this book and how this book and the many, I want to say the many faces of Odin, of course, you know, that's just my view, represent some of the dynamics in the world today. And I would love for you to share that um, with us. Okay. First, let me respond to the first part of what you just said. Yeah. In popular culture, the the world of the comics, especially these mythologies with Thor and Superman and all the rest of them, they really, in the, the popular consciousness, fill the same niche that the yeah. old mythologies did. And I once had the really interesting experience 
of being at Padstow in Cornwall on Beltane. And I was sitting in a uh, tea shop with a friend, and Nick, at the next table was a, a young man, youngish man, uh, who had clearly been in the parade, the Beltane parade, sitting with his son. Now, the, the Padstow, Beltane, uh, there's a procession that goes around the town, and there's this thing they call the horse, uh, which clearly goes back a long way, and it's it, it, Hard to describe, but if you look it up, if you look up Padstow Beltane, you'll probably see pictures. Anyway, mm-hmm. the horse goes around with its whole entourage, and they bless all the houses essentially. And they've been doing this for centuries. And the the young man was explaining to his son, his little boy, why the horse was more powerful than Spider-Man. Wow! And I thought, yeah, what must it be to grow up in a town? that has its own protecting spirit, and all the grown-ups believe in it. But it really said it all right there. And what happens, with, especially with the uh, Thor movies, is that they, the old gods have moved in on this. But I think we've all been so touched by it. I mean, I, I think, you know, and, and this is really some of what I've, I've gotten from, from reading the book. You know, I'm reading about, you know, some of the characters, like Odin's godchildren, for example. And uh-huh. I'm reading about what's in here about that. Um, and I'm thinking about, you know, people that are figures in our society today. And what role do they play? Because as a result of, let me just call it, good versus bad, light versus dark, evil versus whatever, you know what I'm saying, that we have now this rise of consciousness. We really do. My colleagues would say to me, Pat, that's just you because you're just kind of waking up. But Mm -hmm. We've had a rise in consciousness. And I've said, you know what? I've been doing this show for 15 years. And I've never seen what's going on with people that are coming forth with powerful message like I've seen in the past six months. And I want to know what your thought and what Odin's role is in all of that. (laughs) Yeah. I I do need to to just put in as a side note that uh, the the, the, uh, Norse gods are not the only ones. Who are doing this? We're seeing a lot They're of not. Uh, Greek gods and the African yep. powers are, are around, and oh. so they're they're all kind of rising. But uh, in terms of the the uh, Marvel universe, of course, it's definitely the Norse gods. Um, okay, so evolving, rising consciousness. Um, there's almost too much to say about that. The I, I Go for it. I'm not Go one for of it. the super internet people, but I do spend a fair amount of time on it. And uh, the, the, the kind of shared consciousness that evolves uh, through social media. Now, a lot of it is very superficial. Mm-hmm. But people who would never have found it easy to communicate uh, before uh, do so now on social media. And 99% of what is on social media is, is um, not probably not worth it. But the communication, and Odin's a god of communication. So um, I find that 
him definitely involved in all of this, um, these ideas. And if he is a god of evolving consciousness, and it, you mentioned his different aspects, uh, the way he has been seen by different people at different times has changed, and, and even, uh, in, in, especially in the old days, uh, one of the reasons he probably had more poetic names than anybody else was because the, the uh, po- old poets needed uh, ways to do the rhymes, not the rhymes, but the, to do the poetry. They, they needed a lot of words. Uh, and Odin is the god of kings, uh, not a lot of poetry. So mm. some of it is just sort of a technical issue. But you, what I did in the book was to try to break down the over 200 word names that we've got into lar- large groups to give an idea of the different areas that he places and ways he manifests. <clears throat> and but th- this is not a, a finite process. Mm-hmm. Uh, living gods continue to evolve and change along with us. And uh, in, in pagan circles, sometimes people ask, do, do we create the gods or do they create us? And the answer is yes. My my belief is that that the God energy is is out there, but the way it manifests is shaped by our human mind. That that that, that that's in computer terms the interface. And if you think if you think about computers are really a good metaphor because if you think about when you're typing something, uh, what you are it's not like a typewriter where you hit a key and there's something on the paper. Right. It, it goes through a whole a number of different um, levels before it gets to those little electric electronic impulses that are moving around on that very magical looking green piece of whatever it is they make those uh-huh. out of. So you know, I think maybe we can look at the, the way we talk to the gods. Uh, it's going through our consciousness, it's going through our unconscious, it's going through uh, the, whatever language we're speaking, which is how we shape our ideas about the world. Uh, I don't know how many other levels it goes to before it gets to the actual God energy, and uh, you know, then it comes back. So there is a lot of opportunity for the signal to get distorted, you might say. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the communication does go back and forth. And uh, so our perceptions of the gods are shaped by our background and our needs and by what's going on. And I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out why now, why him, why, and yeah. why me. Uh, and one thing that came to that what my understanding is that um, okay, the Thor movie was called Ragnarok. It, it wasn't yes. actually, but uh, the story of Ragnarok is the story of the end of an age. And mm-hmm. the, the, the Norse, like many other cultures, have this concept of a cyclical universe. And, of course, the geologists also have a concept of, of a cyclical uh, life of the planet. But these ages of the Earth are supposed to be really, really long. We are now in the Holocene, and at the rate we are going, uh, 
the Holocene is not going to last nearly as long as it's supposed to before we Mm -hmm. end up with some different system. Our gods evolve along with our ecosystem and our species. And so the end of of this age of the Earth is Ragnarok for all of these things. And the gods uh, who have, especially Odin, who has a, a real stake in letting this age fulfill what it is supposed to evolve into and become. All the incredible potential that our our human species has right now. We are on the edge of being able to solve so many problems. Of course, we're also on the edge of destroying ourselves. Yeah. You know, Odin, I believe, is committed to working with us to keep Ragnarok from happening before its time. Yeah. So for me, that's the explanation of why he suddenly got so pushy and started yeah. uh, talking to people who had no expectation or intention of uh, working with him. Yeah. You know, the thing I was really struck by in reading your book and going through this, um, here, here's what I was really struck by. Um, I, I sort of put these little notes throughout the book. And when I went back and I looked at the notes, it got clearer to me about the power in the message. One of them, and I'll just, I'll just pull one out that I have. One of them was, and, and by the way, thank you so much for not just writing a book, but giving us practices in the book. See, I forgot to mention that. I mean, of course, this book is so filled with knowledge and relevance for me. But the other thing is that you do so beautifully. You say, look, if you're in this place, try this practice. Go ahead and do this. So one of the practices I was drawn to as I was looking at this was I I, I was thinking to myself, um, what about the men the men of Odin. So we looked at that, right? So you talk about mm-hmm. the men of Odin. And, yeah. you know, we go through this and you talk about the battle, the battling with the bears, the wandering of the wolves. But when I get towards the end, I was struck by find a battle that needs fighting. We oh, are yeah. seeing this now, right? And, yeah. and you say not all wars are won with weapons, we're seeing it now by women that are coming to the forefront and yeah. saying, me too, or, you know, uh, it, it, time's up, man. It's over. And you go on to say it takes a different kind of courage to fight for the rights of minority groups and environmental protection, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when I was reading that, I was so struck by this. And you talked about the six night, uh, you know, the six night meditation and the warrior. I want to talk to you about warrior energy when we come back, because I didn't think when I started to read this book and I said, yeah, I'd really like to do this interview that I would tap in to the warrior message in the book. I mean, there's so much in here. And how odd is it for me to find this one paragraph here? And I want to get your thoughts on this. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to give copies of the book, Open Away. It is more than just a what I called a nice read. It is informative. It is invitational. 
and it's also transformational. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Benny, we'll give out a copy of the book. We'll be right back. Juicy. Tune in to Your Juicy Love with me, Una Drake, co-hosting monthly with Dr. Pat and every second Monday at 12 p.m. on Transformation Talk Radio. My show, Your Juicy Love, helps you find the dynamic, life-affirming love you've always wanted. Transform your relationships and bring peace, joy, and juicy, juicy love to planet Earth. For more information, visit unadrake.com. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie Show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Tune in to the Psychic Professors Show, The Voices of Spirit Radio, with international medium and spirit artist Dr. Susan Barnes on Transformation Talk Radio. Featuring a variety of spiritual topics such as psychic art, spiritualism, EVP, psychic development, and mediumship. This hit call-in show provides listeners with breakthrough wisdom to enliven and enlighten their lives. Visit spiritartgallery.net. Tune in each Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Tune into the wisdom of your soul for guidance on living a joyful life. On Soul Wisdom Radio, Wendy will provide inspiration to raise your vibration and connect with your higher self and guides. Learn how to balance your ego and to progress spiritually on Soul Wisdom Radio with Wendy Rose Williams. Visit wendyrosewilliams.com or Transformation Talk Radio to learn more about a healing session with Wendy and her events and publications. Your happiness is your choice on Natural Peace Radio. Follow Sarah Van Ryswick as she addresses the power of emotions. Each month, Sarah covers different topics as she helps listeners activate their energetic spark and create powerful energy and amazing opportunities. Manifest your desires with Natural Peace Radio. For more information on Sarah and her work, visit naturalpeaceliving.com. Wow. Welcome back, everyone. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I'd love to give a copy of the book away. Uh, 1-800-930-2819. 
1-800-930-2819. Love to give a copy of this book away. And as I said before, the book is Odin, Ecstasy, Runes, and Norse Magic. Diana Paxson joining me here today. Um, for those of you, you can certainly Google the book. Or you can find out more from Diana's website. And I want to make sure that everybody has that for today. Uh, you can go to Diana-Paxson. I'll spell it P-A-X-S-O-N.com. And you're going to find information about all of her work there. Fascinating. Um, but right now, let's give a copy of the book away. one 800 930 1-800-930-2819. And, you know, uh, I was so drawn to this uh, to this writing and this body of work by you, Diana, for several reasons. One is uh, my relationship with Linda and her family, her dad being born in Norway, and uh, me not knowing anything about that. We've been friends since 1973, and now I find myself pretty much adopted into a family of of Norwegians and uh, learning a different energy than what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a silent warrior energy. It was it was unlike anything that I grew up with in my family. But as I read your book, I was so struck by this this find a battle that needs fighting. Because isn't that what's happening in the world now? And they yeah. and you went on to say not all wars are won with weapons, and we're starting to see that now, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, tell I'm me looking. about the warrior energy and and how you see it as it's manifested across our culture. I mean, no one thought Wonder Woman would be a blockbuster and then <laughs> literally... Go, be unknown at all of the award ceremonies directed by a woman. It's an interesting energy, but it's also aligned with what you say about Odin. Yeah. Well, and, and Odin, one of the things that initially uh, got me interested in him is that when you look at the uh, mythology, uh, or evolved mythologies, uh, other than Dionysos, uh, Odin is the god who is most likely to have uh, interactions with female powers, uh, both human and, and divine. Uh, he listens to women. <laughs> this is unusual. In, in a god. <laughs> Given that uh, previously a lot of the interpretations of Odin were as the great, big, macho, overbearing god, but... When you look at the mythology, that is not exactly what's going on, at least with women. He, he goes to the theorists uh, for information. He goes to women. Uh, he listens to them. So, um, of course, he goes to everyone and anything that has information and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this does include women, and that is unusual. <laughs> I know. I know. But there's a sense of your vision and interpretation that I think is really important to talk about, right? You know, yeah, we're talking about mythology. And yet at some level, the energies, the characters feel very real to people. You know, I don't think they're enamored because it's a comic book 
I think yeah. there's an energy that they're so attract, really attracted to. Okay, well, what I said earlier about um, are, whether, are the gods uh, transcendent or imminent? Do we create them or are they outside? Yeah. And, and all of these are true. And, um, and I think that Odin in particular and the gods in general would really like our age of the earth to uh, survive a while longer. And humans, uh, we keep trying to have a pure monotheism. And pure monotheism can work for some people, and it can work, uh, in my experience, when you are in certain states of consciousness, where you touch the, the, the great all. But it's very hard to do anything much with that. You can come mm-hmm. back from that kind of experience with an awareness uh, that, that deep down, basically, yes, there is us, there is something. But humans, as far as I can see, when they actually want to work with deity, they personify it. And all of the monotheistic or so-called monotheistic religions have some kinds of figures, the saints or whatever, that is what the people actually use as a, a way to get through to the divine. And so I think uh, polytheism as a concept mm-hmm. says, all right, if it's impossible for our human minds to encompass the great all, let's try to cover as much of it by having a lot of different gods that each take a bit of it. Now, Odin himself subdivides into a number of different aspects, which is why we have ten chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, so, we relate to the gods as persons. And uh, I and a lot of people I know have this kind of relationship. Uh, Christians, yeah. many Christians have this kind of relationship. Uh, yeah. One of the things I looked at when I was writing my book on deity possession was a, a Christian, evangelical Christian uh, book about an evangelical Christian tradition mm-hmm. where part of well, their practice was to teach people how to talk to Jesus. Right. And, uh, and, and so, among all the other things that Odin is or can be as a spirit of evolving consciousness or whatever, we connect to him as a person. And it's as a person that he makes himself known to people a lot. Mm. And they're very surprised quite often. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, one of the things, too, that I was really struck by as I got towards the end of the book, and I and I really want to take time to talk about it, Benny, so I'd love to skip this next break here, is the God of Ecstasy. Uh-huh. You know, I started to read about this, and it became very different than what I thought this was going to be. <laughs> and I, I wanted to chat with you for a minute about uh-huh. the I and, you know, what you talk about when you talk about the senses here and vision. And, uh-huh. uh, and, and I, I'm, really, I'm really struck by this because I really believe this is happening now where there is almost this oversight where pieces of a puzzle are being put together. You know, not the idea of good versus evil, 
but how do we get the pieces of the consciousness puzzle put together despite what we may see? And I, I was really drawn to this idea of seeing, and I'd love for you to talk about this. Uh, yeah, uh, well, as I tried to uh, cover in this chapter, uh, one of the things that people have been, scholars have been trying to do for years is to figure out the meaning of Odin's name. Yeah. And, and so some people have uh, thought that it's related to a word for vision, and uh, and others came up with a variety of other um, options. Uh, the one that is most uh, convincing to me is that it, it, it is related to uh, breath and uh, mental activity. And uh, he, in, in the story of the creation of humankind, uh, he gives the breath. And taking the first breath is uh, the thing that gets all the other processes going and defines uh, a human life. Mm. Okay, now, seeing is both a, a physical and a mental act. And we use, we use the term both for uh, actual taking in information through our visual cortexes about the world around us, but it, it has been used as a, uh, a word for gaining wisdom. In fact, that the book that I wrote about oracular practice my original title was Seeing for the People. Mm. And, yeah. uh, the, uh, and one of the words for a uh, prophet or oracle is the seer. So, but, but when you say, I see, you're usually referring to, you, I understand, rather than I'm actually looking at something. Mm-hmm. So it's got this, this double thing, and to me, that the whole story of Odin and his two eyes, you know, big question, uh, which eye is it? And I think I've got good indications that it's the left eye, but uh, in uh-huh. practice, people who work with him, it, it, if the a given person has a weak eye, that will be the eye that they see Odin uh, as missing. But if it's in the well, what he's got is a dual consciousness. And in 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 developing our own spirituality, uh, we need to also work on, on developing that dual consciousness of the inner world and the outer world mm-hmm. and, and being able to, to work with them simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, I'm really clear about that because, you know, um, people ask me and talk to me and, um, and now want to talk to me more and more after 15 years of this. Uh, from a consciousness point of view, I want to talk about what it took to create this platform in the world. You know, that consciousness is one element. Um, you know, some days it's very long nights and consciousness, or it's working with a team of people uh, creatively. And so you talk about Odin now as the god of consciousness. So I don't see, you know, there are other gods that are referred to, related to, or other day, de- you know, other deities where when we talk about somebody like consciousness, right, we get a Buddha and images of a Buddha. 
when I think about Odin and the God of consciousness, I'm thinking about consciousness in action. That's yes. a very different image. Yes, yes. O- Odin is an active verb. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, that is one of the very distinct, uh, I think, differences maybe between the Western and Eastern approaches to mm-hmm. uh, consciousness, the states of consciousness. Uh, Evelyn Eaton, in her book on mysticism, uh, talks about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the Western mystic has the experience and then has to go out and do something with it. And and Odin is all about doing something with it. Right. Right. And I think that's part of it, isn't it? It's this, it's this bringing together all of the different aspects of Odin that you talk about in the book and bringing it to the forefront. I mean, it's almost like we're living in a dual dimension or at least two dimensions of what we have in what we call fantasy or what we have in mythology and the reality of how the world is unfolding now. Um, I want to ask you this question. Is there, is there a resolution that you believe Odin is looking for? You know, I don't, resolution uh, implies a completion. Yeah. And, and I don't think, uh, I think he is uh, after fulfillment, but not necessarily completion exactly. Mm-hmm. I would say more transformation, transition, uh, moving on to the next level, uh, motion. We're, we're all in motion. And, and so uh, when, when our age comes to an end, and hopefully not many times soon, yeah. Uh, what we're fighting for now, to, to get back to the wire aspect for a moment, what we're fighting for now is the time for all of these potentials that we're on the edge of to actually uh, manifest. Uh, you know, Elon Musk, <laughs> for instance, yeah. has all these wonderful ideas. And, uh, you know, and the Gates Foundation are using their powers for good. Uh, so not all of the, the, not all the rich people are the enemy. Um, but the, uh, uh, mm. the evolution of consciousness is the evolution of our individual yeah. consciousness yeah. as well. Each, each one of us. Yeah. And, and he does push us to be all we can be. And all of those other uh, inspirational phrases that you get in workshops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting to work with when you when he gets your attention, um, I, I think some people have probably managed to close the door. But if you don't yeah. close the door and you start working with him, uh, you are being pushed to grow, to change, and to grow. And uh, and I, my understanding is to put to change and to grow in a way that will contribute to the uh, evolution, the positive evolution and fulfillment of our whole species. Because if we as humans are the ones who are conscious of being conscious, uh, mm. although a lot of the animals certainly have a lot more consciousness than we usually give them credit 
for, but we're the ones oh, yeah. who know. Yeah. Uh, and and also the ones who have the power to, to destroy it all. Yeah. The animals don't. Uh, yeah. And, and except maybe some of the viruses. <laughs> uh, but they don't have consciousness, I think. Uh, anyway, the but but my understanding in in those times when I've been meditating, tr- trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here, and, mm. and why am I in this handbasket, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and so forth, is um, we we all have to expand our consciousness and uh, learn to perceive more dimensions. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to say this without the sounding, saying things that other people have said far too many times. But I think maybe the difference when I hear it from Odin mm. is in fact just this ecstasy. Yeah. Because when, when I contemplate him, when I meditate on him, when I open my consciousness to him, the first thing I get is a rush. Yeah. And, you know, so I have this theory about uh, spiritual experience and, and why humans have this ecstatic reaction to it. Um, it seems to me, in human evolution, everything that we really need to do to survive and continue uh, has a feel-good element. You know, mm-hmm. Food tastes good to encourage us to eat it. Sex feels good to encourage us to reproduce. Okay, spiritual experience gives you a rush that m- must mean there is something there to connect with and some reason to do so. Mm. Yeah, so, wow. The simple logic, but <laughs> it, it works well, for me. It is simple logic, but it is a representation of what we're seeing in the world today. I mean, why would social media be so popular if we weren't out there with a hunger and a thirst to connect? Uh, Diana, thank you so much for today. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for writing an incredible book. One last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? Be flexible. Don't get stuck. Always be open to new ideas and experiences. Oh, I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for today. Benny, thank you for pushing all the right buttons. Diana, thank you for bringing this message forward. And thanks to all of you. You are the best listeners on the planet. My message to to you all today, it's a message of a consciousness choice. And I do believe that instead of a resolution, there is an evolution and we're evolving every day. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.